0: Hello again fellow basement dwellers this is your good friend Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you in to another edition of Bandwagon Nerds recording here on the first day of November as part of the chairshot.com as part of the chairshot radio network very excited for you all to hear this week's episode as we continue the countdown to our one-year anniversary with the villain project this week's Uh, project gosh brain fell apart already this we're in danger gentlemen we are in real danger here (laughs) everything's breaking down we're in week three of the villain project and this week we are covering our top 10 comic book villains of all time from the dc comic universe and that's what threw me off as i was looking ahead on the rundown to kind of give myself a uh a preview and help myself with the script, and let's just say I was hasty in the copy and paste work from last week's to this week's, and still had last week's topic up there. Also, have like the villain project part twelve list. <laughs> like it's it's just a hot mess on here, but I think we all know what we're talking about. I did at least put my my top ten list in there. So I keep saying, gentlemen. I guess I should bring them in. Let's talk to our two primary co-hosts for the for the Villain Project, Mr. David Ungar, Mr. Ray Cash. How you doing, gentlemen? How we feeling? I know Ray's watching football and he's a little down. Dave, he's a little down.
1: Well, you know when you actually root for a real team and they struggle, it's it's depressing. I wouldn't know what that's like, Patrick. You got you you root for the best team in the NFC, so I mean, you
0: know. See, here's what I think is funny is I don't think I think when you're a fan, it does it doesn't really matter because I root for like the worst team in the Big Ten, right? I were root for the University of Illinois football team. They are they were trash against the University of Wisconsin. They this past week lost to Purdue by a touchdown, where they had 12 players out due to COVID 19 related issues. So two players tested positive, ten held out for 10 games due to the contact tracing protocol by the big 10. So you can't play for 10 days period. So they're going to miss this game in Minnesota. So most of the starting offense is out. They're playing their four string quarterback as the third string quarterback. who started the game rolls an ankle in the first series and just go back and look at my Twitter feed. Like I hate tweet watching that game, but it's all about the misery And the pain of being a fan of a program that just isn't good. And it's just awful and miserable. And they're notorious for the fake rally. Y'all know the fake rally? Where you're down three touchdowns like, oh, say Illinois was yesterday. And you mount this big comeback only to throw a sideline out route on 4th and 10 inside your opponent's 20 for six yards. And you just sort of throw up. And, And even then, the game still had a shot because Purdue... Just decided to be like, we're Purdue, and we're going to keep throwing the football. So Illinois had a shot at a three and out, and the number one receiver, Mr. Tampa 2 himself, Lovey Smith, goes straight up man coverage, no safety help, when everybody in the freaking stadium knows that it's going to go to the number one receiver. you fucking run a bracket, have safety help on the backside so that David Bell doesn't make an over-the-shoulder catch to ice the game. Fuck the Illinois fighting Illini. Anyway, everybody you heard an extra voice in there, and that's because I couldn't stop myself.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy.
0: That nice, nice said, madden-worthy breakdown of what went wrong there. Everything went wrong. Fire Lovie Smith, I don't care if it's a pandemic and we can't hire anybody. The water boy would be a better coach right now. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Bring on Bobby Boucher. That's right. As I mentioned, you heard a third voice in there, a little bit of a chime in, a little Bobby Boucher, a little bit of pointing out how much I hate loving my football teams. That's the voice of Mr. PC Tunney. And the reason Mr. Tunney is here, welcome to the show, is because I broke my own promise, guys. Last week, I said I wasn't going to do it. said, Mandalorian's going to premiere... But we're doing a project show, a list show, and those notoriously run long. So we can't we can't cover an episode at all. Then I then I actually watched the episode and was like, yeah. I mean, you you two saw it in the message, uh, the, the the chat. What did I do? What did I what did I say?
1: You, you were just sure some shit. Well, he didn't trash it yet. That's coming, Ray. That's coming. <sighs>
0: <laughs> I said we had to talk about it because of the big reveal, and we're we are going to talk about it. But then I got a message from Tony today. i was like, "You going to talk about the Mandalorian?" And I was like, "Yes, very briefly." I have opinions. Tony asked if he could join us for that part of the show, and so he is going to jump in on this conversation. So we are going to do a brief, brief overview and review of the Mandalorian season two, episode one. Because frankly, we just can't help ourselves here on the bandwagon. And then we'll go into the villain project, pick up where we've left off and start talking some DC villains.
1: To be fair, Sound it, good? it was a very popular topic of conversation in the nerd spectrum. The Mandalorian was all you heard about.
0: Oh, yeah. And and we'll get into it to, to the, my problems with it. But yes, yeah, so the Mandalorian returned. We're going to dive right in season two, episode one, long awaited episode. Mando has been given his charge. To return the child to people of his own kind. Reminder, folks, if you haven't watched episode one of season two of The Mandalorian, skip a little bit here because we are not spoiler free. And we're going to drop the big spoiler of spoilers as we go through this show. Let me, uh, uh, we'll, we'll do a quick once around, get people's opinion on the show. Let me just say this up front. I enjoyed 98% of the episode and strongly dis- and, and strongly
2: disliked 2%. Go ahead,
1: guys. I I yield the floor to you guys.
2: I enjoyed the entire episode. I'm, um, you, I, I I mean, you know, I, that's not the first time I've been told that. Um, I'm probably the least knowledgeable about all the Star Wars lore. Mm-hmm. I've watched every episode, I'm a fan of it, but I can't tell you every person's name, every name of every. I, I can't, I'm just, I can't, you know, I've watched them more for enjoyment. Then for the nerddom. But uh yeah, I enjoyed the episode. I I really I remember I was led on the Mandalorian. I just started watching it a week ago. Right. So I just watched season one last week to prepare for this. Um see how the Western vibes of it is really cool to me. But I I out of maybe my ignorance, I enjoyed it until talking with my boy Pat, <laughs> it hit me what the final reveal was and I, I should have known but I, I missed it completely.
3: I thought it was great. It was more of a uh I like how all their chapters are short stories almost, right? You could take them in and amongst themselves and kind of have a beginning and a middle and an end. I love Timothy Oliphant being there. What a what a great crossover like Deadwood and then he's the Marshal there in, <laughs> in the Mandalorian, right? And he looked like a fucking cowboy Marshal too. Didn't he have jeans on and like a flannel mm-hmm. and an extra right, belt. Right.
0: Right was, down to that was, accent,
3: yep. It was excellent. It was excellent, and and you know the way they told that story, I really loved it. You know, and then trying to take down the crate dragon, which was the the carcass that um, C three PO walks by in A New Hope in the desert. That's a crate dragon, um, and then oddly enough, I think this was the actually the first episode of the season of the series that John Favreau actually directed.
0: I think he uh, I think he did the first episode of this first season, too. I thought that was, I think, yeah, I think he's done the first of both both seasons.
3: So but I, I enjoyed it. and uh, I don't know necessarily oh. know that it's one hundred percent that who you think was revealed at the end is who you think it is,
0: sure.
1: I mean,
3: there's I, a lot of evidence to back it up when we get there. I <laughs> that as right. well, right.
1: I mean, i I love the episode. I thought one thing mandalorian well mandalorian does a lot of things well but what i love about what it does is it takes a, a certain aspect of star wars lore and then like Tunny says it wraps a short story around that i mean this was this was paying homage to to a new hope all the way you've got the sand people you got the jawas you've got the sand people calling the dragon which is the same thing that like obi 1 did to scare them away you know in 1977 so, and you actually got to see a crate dragon, which was really cool because you hear about these things. And like Tony's saying, yeah, you see the carcass or the skeleton, but you don't really get to see it in action. And here it's like, damn. And, and how about the acid instead of breathing fire? This thing's like alien. It breathes acid. That was freaking awesome. And then, yeah, at, at the end, we can discuss the big, the big five second reveal or
3: whatever. Yeah, just, it was. just,
0: just hold that, hold that thought. So you've all covered the 98% that I enjoy.
3: Okay. Let me give you two more things. Let me give you two more things. One thing that I love that Dave brought up is seeing the crate Dragon, but like in action where it goes through the town and it almost turns the town into a town on water. Whereas you could see the docks and the sand coming up to the dock and down like it was, it almost felt like it was it made it into water. Right. And then the evolution of where the Mandalorian is right now, like how much more powerful he is compared to the beginning and like how he's grown too. Like he'll let the droids work on a ship and things like that. So there's really been a lot of growth in the, in the character there as well.
0: I, I got a real tremors vibe. The, uh, the old movie tremors yeah. with, the with when he's running through the desert with the, with the, the Cray dragon, that was beautiful. It, it's a Western in every sense of the word in the show. Like the show itself is so great in that it really has taken space Western and made that it's, it's thing and it's really taken possession of it. And we were we were short a couple of just classic Western tunes flowing through like that standoff between offense character and, and Mando right when they first meet each other. And they're doing the itchy trigger finger on the gun thing in the empty saloon like that's that's beautiful stuff. And the overall message, you know, that Mando is able to bring together this community, these two communities that don't trust each other, don't want to work together because they've been raiding one another and, and seeing their different point. But finding a way to, to get them to work together against a common foe was it's a classic trope, but it, I thought it was pretty well done and great to see the Mandalorian acting as the as the peacekeeper between the two. Uh, Mrs. O'Dowd even watched the show just because she wanted to see the child. That's probably my if I, if there was a if there was a, a nit to pick for me is that the episode itself didn't do a whole heck of a lot initially, and maybe it comes to fruition later to to kind of move forward the mission that Mando was left at left with at the end. Like he goes because he hears word of another Mandalorian in the you know in Tatooine. And and, but he doesn't really find one, he just finds the armor of let's just get it out of the way. Boba Fett, Boba Fett's armor shows up, and the second that that Oliphant shows up in that armor, I'm like, ah, nuts. We're bringing like, and it was the rumor of the show that that we were going to be bringing back Boba Fett in some way, shape, or form. Why is that so disappointing to you? Because he's the most overrated show, and it's a fan service decision that I don't is, think
3: needs to be done. This is going to be like this your is, least favorite episode of Bandwagon Nerds ever. Because after you're done talking about this, you have to talk about DC. I know this is this is actually
0: really difficult for me, you guys. I I'll, I'm going to pull up what I said to Ray because so here, funny thing. So I, I mentioned that we're going to talk about this on the show, right? And at the time when I'm like, hey, have you guys watched this yet? None of you, uh, Ray and I had seen it. Dave hadn't watched it yet. And so Ray starts asking questions. And honestly, while we're not spoiler free on the show, I didn't want to be not spoiler free mm-hmm. for Dave. So I created a chat or I went back to an old chat that I had with Ray. Uh, I think for the first time I did three man weave and I just was like, okay, so did you watch the episode? And Ray was like, yeah, who was that? Uh, and so for folks just to kind of freshen you up, Uh, We go through this. Mando shows up at this little town that uh, has been wiped out after the the departure of the the Empire and then a mining uh, syndicate takes over. Timothy Oliphant's character gets booted out of town and he comes across these Jawas who he earns this armor that used to belong to Boba Fett. It's clearly Boba Fett's. It's the iconic jetpack, the iconic look, the color, whole scheme. So they've somehow found it. Turns out that the Sarlacc that apparently consumed Boba Fett was then itself consumed by, oh, I don't know, a crate dragon. So they have this armor, they give it to olefen and he's used that armor to retake control of this little town and has become acting is acting marshal. The marshal. It's the marshal. So they go through all of this. They begin to or they work together to defeat this crate dragon. Uh Mando demands the armor because it's not. Whole offense to keep. So he had the so he takes it from the Marshal. Under the agreement, the Marshal agrees to give it up, uh, if he helps, you know, liberate the town from the Great Village or the Great Dragon. So they do that, and as Mando is taking off to his next destination, you get an over-the-shoulder shot of a familiar figure from those of you who have watched the original trilogy, and I can't remember the guy, the actor's name. He's also plays uh Aquaman's dad, but he was Uh, tiamu morrison yeah tiamu morrison who was jango fett in the original trilogy the clone that all clone soldiers were created from in the um, prequel trilogy and had requested one clone be made to age normally as opposed to the accelerated age clones who he named boba and that was boba fett boba fett as everybody knows famously goes down the gullet of the sarlacc Um, creature in return of the jedi and is presumed dead we see a scarred and weather-worn what i would assume boba fett watching this flight take off knowing yeah and again assuming that he is carrying the knowledge that his armor is with the mandalorian kind of hinting that there could be more in the future between these two and i i just what i wrote to to ray and and what i think is just where i stand on it if i'm the east german bitter bitter old man judge about it then okay i i'm tired of fan service callbacks and star star wars to drive a plot i don't mind like oh look here's this live action thing of a skeleton that we saw like that's a creature that you know was no driving thing and boba fett is the most overrated most point like like you inject any bounty hunter into what boba fett did in the original trilogy and you get what boba fett did. Seriously. And now Dave's gonna chime in with, well if you read the books, I stand by my statement. You don't need you shouldn't need to read the books. Fuck Boba Fett. He's a waste of time and I
2: don't want him on this show. Well before Dave goes, can can the can the novice in this conversation make am because I'm I'm not understanding the, the issue because from my ignorant point of view. The show is a the show's called The Mandalorian. The show right. goes into the lore of the Mandalorians and their creed, right? Right. Is it the most famous and one of the first it, like aren't Jango and Boba Fett like not maybe not the original Mandalorians but like the first ones we've ever seen? They're the, the first ones the... you
0: see, yeah, in the armor and the look and they also if you look at kind of this Mandalorian clanish creed, aren't really doing Mandalorian shit?
2: Sure, but they come from the Creed, right, and all the Mandalorians, while they had the same idea, did different things. Am I mm-hmm. wrong Ish. so we don't know wouldn't it we don't know wouldn't it wouldn't make sense that if at the end of the season one all all the the remaining Mandalorians that mando that we know except for the armorer, took off their armor because basically they realized it was up, right, so wouldn't him and he had to go find he was told his quest is to go return the child to people of his ilk. Yep. The re- but he had to go find other Mandalorians to help him on his journey. So when it makes, doesn't it just make sense that the, the first ones would pop back up?
0: Yeah. Fuck. So that.
2: here's, here's, there's,
3: there's two things. It not, it doesn't necessarily have to be Boba. It, it could doesn't. be, it could be Cody or Rex. They've survived the clone wars. Right, those are two other popular clones. The problem is, is the g- Morrison's fifty nine, and I know that really doesn't matter because Boba Fett's supposedly like forty one right now. Okay, but you could say they are supposed to age faster so they could get to the blah 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 blah. But it could be anyone that was made out of that clone. But then again, you go back and you read and you see that uh, Lucas trademark uh, filed trad- trademarks for Boba Fett for video games and toys and mm-hmm.
2: stuff like that. So. All right. Mm-hmm.
1: I think so, Tony makes a good go ahead, Dave. No, Tony makes a good point. It could be one of the uh the clones that um disabled their inhibitor chip before Order 66 was was enacted. It could be I doubt it. It seems more likely that it's it's Boba or or which of course then kind of I mean I'm you know I'm okay with it. I understand you think Boba Fett's overrated. He's he's overrated. You know, and I I can't speak for you, Patrick, but I could see the argument that he's overrated because he doesn't do a whole lot, but yet he is so beloved by fans as the iconic bounty hunter in the entire Star Wars mythology. So maybe they want to tell a bigger story with him, you know, how he survived the Sarlacc pit. The armor allowed him because how long did it take to digest a thousand years
0: Over or Over a thousand years or right. something? Yeah. Isn't
1: there a am I missing something? I thought they were supposed to be
3: doing a movie, one of the Star Wars one offs on this.
0: Yeah, but they stopped – well, they stopped doing Star Wars one-offs because uh, Solo was wrongfully blamed as being a failure. I like that. Unf- yeah, too. it was unfair. It was really unfairly maligned like as a film. Like it just I, – I actually – honestly, I think Star Wars fatigue set in on that movie and it just happened to be the victim of there being so many Star Wars movies putting out in such a way they just didn't feel right. And because, so Solo got blamed for killing it. And it's
1: difficult to sell people on somebody not Harrison Ford being solo, you know, and I, sure. and there's a disconnect, but I mean, I know that this season, the Mandalorian is, is bringing in characters that the fans wanted to see. Boba Fett was one that they want to see. Ahsoka Tana is supposedly coming in. The fans desperately want to see her. Um There, there is, there's, there's some stuff that happens of course, between return of Jedi and force awakens. And that's where this time frame comes in. So, you know, I, I, I mean, yeah, I, it seems like it's Boba. Obviously, they got his armor somewhere, you know, from the stomach of a crate dragon, or who the hell knows where. Um, I want to know, like, what did what did the Mandalorian pack up there at the end and put on the back of that speeder? Part of the dragon?
0: Yeah, like a chunk. like, pulled like pulled a chunk
1: of it. Yeah, yeah. And then they found the uh, sand people found what a pearl, a, an a egg, pearl. a
3: dra- yeah. dragon egg. The I'm pearl. guessing. No crate dragons have pearls inside of them.
1: That's right. That's right. And crate dragon pearls are used to make lightsabers. That's right. I forgot about. It. Good point, Tony Nicely done. Look at hey. look at
0: Tani bringing the nerd knowledge to the show today. The man, Impressive. So here here's here's my thing is hey, and if this I go get will, my
3: tattooing shirt. Please,
0: you should <laughs> please do. So here here's my question. I'm gonna I'm I'm asking this one honestly. Like this isn't me being sarcastic in terms of looking at the scope and time, and we talked about this when we were trying to determine the child and whether or not, you know, was it a reincarnation of Yoda or was it actually Yoda, and we came to the conclusion that it couldn't be because these creatures live for hundreds of years, and it's clear the child has been around for a bit. In the, orig- in, the, in the prequel trilogy, I keep calling it the original trilogy and that's not right, but in the prequel trilogy they make a point to talk about how every single clone that is created has accelerated growth, with the exception of Boba Fett, who is tasked with aging normally, and so Boba fits the timeline that that we're working within here. At, yeah, forty-one. Were there ever any other clones that were put into that timeline? Because, or how does it work? Because even if they were fully grown adults, and then the aging process slowed down as clones, you're looking at sixty to seventy-year-old men versus a 41 year old person who aged normally. Does that make sense? And so if there's another clone out there that you can sell me on, that might be that guy. That's why I don't buy commander Cody. That's why I don't buy, buy characters in the clone wars. Cause they've already been aged up to a point. Boba started behind them in sort of the aging race. And so it just fits better and makes more sense. Plus, as you both said, or as you've all said, it's what the fans want to see.
3: Well, and the trademarks. So, I mean, it's pretty much not right. a non, a non secret there.
0: Unless, right.
1: unless Boba cloned himself as well. At some point, that's possible as well.
0: OK, so now now we're getting into, like, Republican conservative conspiracy theorist territory. Well, if that <laughs> went have back, you guys, not sure have you guys, ever
1: seen,
3: have, have you guys you, ever seen multiplicity with Michael Keaton? Yeah, there you go. Right. What could did, go wrong?
1: Did,
0: Nothing. I mean, did Boba leave a laptop halfway across the galaxy simultaneously <laughs> while shipping it with fake information about I sorry, I just can't do it. Didn't mean to get political. I will say this for the episode as a whole, like if you like Dave, Dave was kind of running, running me down a little bit in the chat being like he called it fine. Fine means that it's meh and blah, blah. I enjoyed the episode. I hated the I hated the reveal. I hated the reveal and I hate that direction. I don't agree with the booking and that happens all the time, right? Like sometimes we just don't like the booking. doesn't mean it's particularly bad booking. It just means I don't like it. Is it going to, is it going to taint my view of the rest of the season? Well, we'll have to see where the story goes. If Boba Fett becomes a primary part of this season, I might dislike this season intensely.
1: Or you could end up liking Boba more and realizing that he's a more more layered
2: character than you're giving him credit for, perhaps.
0: Who knows what's happening in 40 years? Because we're making making up layers on the back end?
2: I mean, you've already made your mind up, so yeah.
0: Have I? Have I made my mind up? I mean... I've told you you could go a couple ways. They could still convince me. They could. They could still convince me. Well, I mean, I just... I want to reserve Not like his Rise of
1: Skywalker. (laughs) That's much better than that. I I just want to reserve judgment and see, all right, where are they going with this thing? Because it seems a little too obvious that we're all, everybody's, Oh, it's Boba Fett. You know, they might be trying to set you up for something, but it it sure seems like his armor's there. Something happened to him because,
0: I mean, the, the other part of this honest to God guys is it could just be a fan service wink and a nod of, Oh, Hey, look, he's still alive. what, you know, and that's just it. Like that's just it. We just like that's the last but, we see of it. But is
1: he the Mandalorian that the uh, the uh, the Cyclops was talking about? I mean, he, he says there's a Mandalorian on Tatooine. He assumes that it's the Marshal because, uh, and then he realizes oh, the armor. he is like, well, yeah, the armor. But maybe there is a Mandalorian, and and would Boba qualify? Like Ray was saying at the very beginning of this, were they Mandalorians? I mean, they had the armor. I don't know if they if they did all the Mandalorian shit that led up to that, you know, all the 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 big fight between Mandalore and the Jedi, which predated the prequel trilogy by a thousand years. I don't know. I figure we're going to get some backstory right. on that. Tony, you're right. You can be Tony. You, you're 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 on fire today. So
0: Tony's. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. I... <laughs> Where were we? The Packers are on as well.
0: Oh, no, no, I that's see. sorry. I see. You got it. You got a relatively easy task over there in Green Bay this week.
2: <laughs> so are
0: they, they, they giving you a fight over there in Minnesota?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, sorry to hear that.
2: Davo cook is balling right now. So yes. Oh, That's okay. won, won. I'm a fantasy football team. I'm glad he's back.
0: There you go. There you go. All right. Well, we'll <laughs> wait and see what happens. I think, unfortunately, I have opened the Pandora's box and we will definitely cover episode two next week. So much for promises. Sorry, Greg. The show's gonna be long as usual. Da da da.
1: Greg will live. He's all right.
0: Yeah. Greg will get over. He I will. mean, you guys,
1: you guys throw down the Greg That's DeMarco show in fifty-five minutes, so bandwagon nerds can compensate for that shortness there.
0: I'm
3: just you know so, early Greg DeMarco lives.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> I say we completely go the other way and go like four and a half, five hours, and just yeah. say we're gonna go big. Go all the oh, way.
0: God, we cannot have a return to the final video game project episode where we tried to do 20 <laughs> in one. and We were like, we could do it, and we could do it in two hours as usual. Six o'clock rolls around Eastern Time. We started at two, and I'm like, guys, my I'm wife is texting on the me. Sofa. <laughs> my, my wife is texting me, being like, are you fucking done yet? uh so we're not going to do that what we are going to do is we're going to put a bow on season two episode one we will continue to cover episode by episode just like every other nerd podcast in the world because that's what we do and we're going to kick right into the villain project dc comics the order has been shifted it is now patrick ray and dave oh by the way thank you to pc tunny for jumping in and chatting with us about about mando season two episode one Uh, always a pleasure to have you man
3: Thanks for having me, gentlemen. I am just gonna stick around and mute myself and, and listen to your discussion. And you know if Dave uh, if Dave gets really happy, I'll, I'll know that we're doing well on the DC side.
0: There you go. All <laughs> if, right.
1: If you hear something really <laughs> egregious, jump in, Tony. Please feel free to unmute yourself. Well
0: done, well done. But we are we are heading into our final two, the big two of the Villain Project. We're doing DC this week, and then next week for our one year Annie, we are doing a Marvel. Uh, I will admit my own funny how that worked out. I know. I, you know what? It's okay. You'll, you'll be okay. You like Marvel too. I love Marvel.
1: I know you're a DC Mark, but like, nah, I slightly 51 to 49. We'll put it that way. 51
0: to 49. What about you, Ray? Ray, Ray, how are you feeling? How equipped do you feel for, for the Marvel project next week for the Marvel villains?
2: Oh, I'm, 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 I'm a much bigger Marvel fan in totality. But DC villains are by far the best villains in all comics.
0: Yeah. Okay. Different. Anyway. Different villains for sure. Well, just... Okay.
2: Oh, okay. okay. Well, then next as, week's going to be as, interesting.
0: As they say on Facebook fights, agree to disagree. <laughs>
2: you
0: know, okay. when, you fucking, when you fucking lose the fight and you're just like, agree to disagree. Because eh, you know yeah, you will. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's usually how it goes. Anyway, yeah. So we're going to cover DC comic villains. This is... Generally focused on the comic villains, but I'm going to I'm going to disclose this is really this was the most second most difficult list for me to generate. And it's because I never really read DC Comics to the extent and the way that I read Marvel. I make no secret that Spider-Man was the character and the hero I identified with as a kid. That was the rogues gallery that I really bought into. Growing up, and those comics from there expanded out. Also, at about the same time, Fox was putting out animated um, episodes of Marvel properties at a really high rate, and so there was a period of time where you had an X-Men cartoon, Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, Iron Man. All of them were like laid out there, and so I really got into the comics in the Rose Gallery that way. And with DC. You know, I'd I'd be hard pressed to say that beyond Batman and Superman, that I, I'm as I'm as knowledgeable. Now, looking at my list and I shared it with the two of you, I hope that you do see that I did get outside of the Batman and Superman realm. I think that everything I put on here wasn't unreasonable in terms of like choices. You did but your research it was,
1: you clearly did your was research. Tough.
0: But okay. it but it was tough, and some of that really is informed by popular culture entertainment like what I saw on television or what I've seen in movies. So, and kind of going backwards from there. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. So has, did any of your criteria gentlemen change going in to this week from what we've talked about previously? No, I don't know. So.
1: No, I mean, you know, I probably gave Ozymandias more thought than I otherwise would have because he was excluded from the last one. But mm-hmm. uh spoiler, he didn't make my list. I mean, he's a great villain, but when you're talking about the, the pantheon of DC supervillains, my opinion, he's not in the top ten. But that's me. Maybe maybe you guys have him on there. We will find out, won't we?
0: Wait, babe, you I didn't have, cheat you didn't cheat and read my list? I did read your list. But I'm not giving away <laughs> so to you, the
1: people whether he's on your list or not.
2: Fair enough. I have ten honorable honorable mentions. And uh, I probably could have gone longer. I,
1: I could have gone longer too, but I kept mine. no honorable mentions for me because Patrick gets upset with me when I,
0: I
2: was
0: like, Ray, what did I say? When you said you had 10 honorable mentions?
2: Oh, okay. Dave.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I was like, okay, thanks Dave. All right. So the order this week, as we do our rundown, we'll do 10 through six before we go to break We come back from break. We'll do five to one and POD has a question. So DC Comics 10 through 6, the order this week is myself, then Ray, then Dave, which means congratulations, Ray, for the one year anniversary, you get to kick us off in the Marvel Universe. Mm, I yes. know, boom. And then we'll keep that order as we come back. Without further ado, let's get into it with our top 10. My number 10 from the Batman universe, Mr. Edward Nigma himself, the Riddler seeing some nods here's here's the thing about why i love i love the comic book version of the riddler i i used to love the, the campy television uh 1960s version of the riddler i love i just love the concept of having puzzles to work through where he's he's so confident in his ability to to win that he's going to give you clues on how to beat him because he doesn't think you're smart enough to do it and that's just always been the the overall appeal to me for the Riddler. Classic member of the Batman Rogues Gallery, probably for a lot of people, number four or five. But just his approach and his tact was always my favorite. I was so angry at Jim Carrey for years because I hated the way he played the Riddler. That he played it he that he played the Riddler in that Uber Camp sort of way. And not in a funny magic. I also just hate Jim Carrey as a cartoon character caricature like Jim Carrey's work that I enjoy is always like not the, the sort of the mask Ace Ventura of it. Jim Carrey, which is what I felt like he did in, in Batman Forever.
3: How do you feel about his Biden right now on Saturday Night
0: Live? Uh,
2: uh, <laughs> uh, I'm uh, about the same. Yeah. I'm not, uh, yeah. <laughs> he tried.
0: He tries hard.
1: I, I, I like the Riddler. He's probably um, a little underrated as far as Batman's villains go sure. because there's so many. Icon- I mean, my list is heavy with Batman. I'm sure Ray's is probably heavy with Batman characters as well. Um, I do
0: love the cane. The cane with the question mark is like one of my favorite. Like And the bowler hat. Give me bowler right. hat Riddler any day of the week. But you
1: raise a good point. He does these riddles that by most standards people aren't going to figure out. But he always seems to underestimate Batman's intelligence, and it always comes back to bite him in the ass. So, yeah, I mean, arrogance is 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 a trademark of the Riddler doesn't always work out for him. Um, Yeah, I I, I like the pick. He's underrated, I think, as far as Batman villains go. But, yeah, he's he's one of those iconic ones. You think when you think Batman, you think, you know, Penguin, Joker, Riddler, you know, they're like the ones that you think of right off the top of your head. So good call Catwoman.
2: All right, I, cool. The Riddler's the, the Riddler's dope, but iconic doesn't mean that you're worthy of being top ten to me. But the riddler is dope.
0: I mean, again, these are our lists. For me, he's my number two Batman villain. I only got two Batman I'm villains on here. So why don't you, Mr. Iconic and Dope and Top Ten Gatekeeper, why don't you tell me what your number 10 <laughs> is then? Because it's your cause it's your turn.
2: Okay, I will. Thank you very <laughs> much for the platform i for my number 10 have chosen uh the most dangerous woman in all of dc comics and it's not who you think my number 10 is amanda waller that's good?
1: that's a good call man i i mean go ahead ray she's your pick
2: okay i, I can't see everybody's screen so i'm making sure no, nobody's no vetoes. no we good right
1: no, vetoes no you're good
2: me. okay nope um, even Batman himself has said Amanda Waller is one of the most dangerous people in the in the world. Amanda Waller is, to the uh, untrained eye, justin, but Waller also controls almost everything that happens in the criminal underworld, especially with all of the people, all of the villains that she has at her disposal. If you look at all of the villains that's been in the history of the Suicide Squad, they are some of the most dangerous people in all, in everybody's rogues gallery. Deadshot's the greatest shooter in the world, Harley Quinn, King Shark, uh, Killer Croc, just so many amazingly individually gifted talents. And they all serve at her behest because they know you don't mess with Amanda Waller. Bell Rev is the most dangerous prison, not necessarily uh, asylum, but prison wise in DC. She runs it like it's her own personal playground. Um, there's and and the the interesting thing about Amanda Waller too is, she not there's not very many rogues or villains that Batman respects. Batman she has Batman's respect. She knows and she's always known who he is, and and she Batman's had to work with her many a time because he knew he couldn't beat her. Amanda Waller is a, a true badass.
1: I like the call, but I mean, it's interesting that I, you know, I think of Amanda Waller as it's hard to say she's a villain because she's really, you know, she's kind of in charge of the Suicide Squad and doing what she thinks is is the right thing to do. Does that make her a villain? Yeah, more anti-hero kind of. Does that make her a villain? Probably. Yeah, like you're saying, because she manipulates people and, and I mean, she implants explosive devices in all their fucking necks. So right. that's not exactly the nicest person
0: out she, there. She's an, she's an evil Nick Fury, she, kind of the way exa- I look at it. That, Patrick, I'm so and, glad you and, said that, because that's what I was Nick thinking. Fury, and Nick Fury is, is, a, is a sort of borderline good guy in his own right. Yeah, so, I was, yeah, was like, going to
1: make the correlation. She is very much the Nick Fury of the DC universe, except a little bit more manipulative. You know, Nick does it in a more subtle way. Amanda's is, right in your face with that ridiculous. shit. Because
0: yeah. Nick is manipulative manipulative as all get out like it's crazy that you could be like but this person's worse than him right you know, she is no i she is i got i got i got no qualms with with your number 10 sir
1: nicely done ray uh
0: my number 10 patrick you, patrick kind of
1: mentioned her just in passing which is why i was silent on it but my number 10 catwoman and i you know it's uh she's and she talked about anti-hero as well i mean she's Batman's ally almost as much as she's his uh, foil in a lot of circumstances. You know, she's. They got married, right? Like uh, in one run,
2: they never, they I never got they married. It broke they up. Just, like the they, last minute. They, they,
1: they just
0: got engaged, okay right.
1: They got close, but yeah, I mean, oh, yeah.
0: at the beginning,
1: <laughs> Tony, at the, at the beginning of it all, you know, Catwoman is is one of the few Batman villains who could match him physically. She can match him mentally. She gains Batman's respect so much to the point that yeah, they do fall in love with each other, and she becomes such a big Selena Kyle becomes such a big part of the Batman universe, and you're never really sure. Okay, where where does her loyalties truly lie? Although, like in Hush, if you it's, read that it's a story, Selena Kyle. Well, sometimes, but like in Hush, she really shows her loyalty to Batman. You know, almost to her own demise mm-hmm. in a few places. Uh, but she's mm-hmm. as far as like you know. Some of the villains later on the list, she, she's not evil. She's not anything like that. She's got her own agenda. And it usually, like she's like you said, she's usually out for Selina Kyle. But she's got the capacity for more. And Batman sees that in her. And that's what kind of, in my mind, brings her, raises her to a different level as far as DC villains go. And that's why I've got her at number 10.
0: I mean, she created one of the more popular Marvel knockoffs over in the Spider-Man universe with Black Hat. Like Black Cat is a direct knockoff of Catwoman. Sure. Uh, Felicia Hardy, like straight other than she's a cat burglar who gets her whose abilities are superpowers that she at like when she puts on the mask. So a little bit different. Catwoman is her own person.
1: Right. But the relationship between Black Cat and Peter Parker is a shadowy mirror image of Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle. A
0: little bit of a twist because she only likes Spider-Man. Like she does not care for Peter Parker at all.
1: Right. Exactly. So,
0: you know, there's there's a Selina, Kyle and Bruce relationship that's much more deep, real, meaningful within those comic books.
1: Anything, Ray? Ray's got nothing.
2: No, I love it. Great. It's a great. It's a great pick. It's a great pick. Catwoman is probably the most famous female villain in D.C., if not in all comics. Um yeah, she's fantastic. But again, much like you said, she's more of a hero to me. That's a kleptomaniac than so much a villain. But no, if um if you put it on the list, I have no qualms with her being on this list. It's fantastic. She's she's she is almost as integral to Batman as his family is. It's like it, in some and it, yeah, going through the history of the his of the Batman character, like yeah, there's Robin, there's the Robins, and there's Alfred, but you almost like a Catwoman, almost lock in step with those other characters. Yeah, I, I so h- yeah, good good choice. I
1: highly recommend anybody who wants to see the dynamics of the Batman Catwoman relationship read Hush because it's all you've read it right, Ray. It's, yes, I sir. Mean, it's fantastic. Is, it is fantastic. The stuff going on and and her with uh, I don't know which Robin was it. Was it Tim Drake or which Robin was? it? I that? think it was
2: Tim. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Tim. The
1: the stuff between her and him trying to get the the trust between them. That's that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So um number nine, I'm sticking in the Batman universe and my number nine is Bane. I mean, Bane is just like, look, he's he broke his back, you know? He's like the one guy who has taken on Batman and beat his ass physically. And that just doesn't happen. But Bane's backstory is even better because you get an idea of just where he came from. And and if there was a complaint I had with Dark Knight Rises was I, I like Tom Hardy's portrayal of it, but they didn't use the Venom aspect of things, which is so integral to who Bane is in the comics. It was completely sure. completely absent. Now, at the complete opposite extreme is the bullshit they did in Batman and Robin, which was this <laughs> Venom-fueled fucking thing that was not Bane, didn't say a fucking word. It was ridiculous. It was, it was a disgrace to the legacy of Bane. But they should have added the Venom into Dark, night rises but that being you know that notwithstanding i mean that's kind of what makes bane bane his his he's got the intellect he's got the brawn he's got to do that venom what like every 12 hours or something and and try and balance off going insane from doing that but he's so smart he's he's got so much knowledge of everything and he just knows how to push batman In a way that other villains don't and yeah, he's the only one who's really beaten him physically and the what he does in the whole nightfall thing where he just kind Mm -hmm. of exhausts Batman because he Batman's so busy fighting everybody fucking else that by the time he gets to Bane, he's easy pickings and I just love Mm -hmm. what he did and he's he's one of my favorite Batman villains of all time. So Bane's number nine for me.
2: I am so happy you made me so happy. I love Bane so much. I mean, we talked about that in the movie villains. Like, I love Bane so much. Uh, One thing real quick. Venom, he did have the Venom in Dark Knight Rises. It just wasn't kind of a super drug. It was like a pain masker. It masked his pain. Remember remember when Batman beat him up at the end? Took his mask off. Took the things off? Yeah, Yeah, and and took the things, and Tali had to put it back for him to kind of get back.
1: I guess it was there, but it just wasn't prominent. It wasn't prominent enough like it should have been.
2: Yeah, I would have liked to have seen them. And to your point, and I don't want to bloviate too much, Bane might have the coolest backstory of all of Batman's villains. Growing up in Santa Prisca, having to live, having to uh, live in the, grow up in the worst, the uh, worst kind of place you can grow up at because your dad did something messed up and you got to live that down for him. He takes his he, like, he
1: kills for the first time at what, eight years old? Something ridiculous I, like that?
2: Something, he had to Something like that Yes, yeah, It's, it's, it's yeah. fantastic Bay amazing I love that I love that pick I'm
1: here for you man I'm here for you Ray All day all, Every week I'm I, I'm with we, you
2: On the same page all My right. brother
0: Fine Fine choice by my book Again That rogues gallery is, is deep So Ray What's your number nine brother
2: My number nine Is I would Eventually, to think is more of a Superman villain, but he's fought all of the Justice League members. Um, he's, made, I guess, more of a Justice League villain than a particular uh superhero. But he's like the OG villain of Earth, and that's Vandal Savage. Vandal Savage is essentially was one of the cavemen, and a meteorite hit the Earth, and he grabbed the meteorite, and it gave him ageless kind of, not powers, but it gave him the ability to not age and gave him a tremendous intellect. And, I mean, if you go back and you look at what the comic says, he he was Genghis Khan. He might have been Hitler. He was like all these horrible people and all these times in Earth. And, you know, and of course, much like Ra's al Ghoul, he got his own kids that he's had that have gone and done things and followed his footsteps. But, you cannot beat an ageless, super intellectual kind of, not even a dictator, but a genocidal maniac, right? He's killed everybody. He's beaten everybody. He's out-thought everybody. And when he fights the, uh, in fact, the Doom story was him, wasn't it?
1: Uh, where
2: they used where they used Batman's contingencies against the Justice League. That oh, was they, where they
1: took Tower of Babel and adapted it to the animated thing. Tower of Babel
2: is what I'm thinking of the of the comic story, but that was right. still Vandal, wasn't it?
1: In in um, I think so. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, that's the worst the Justice League I've ever been taken to. Vandal Savage. Vandal Savage is probably one of the most underrated uh, Justice League villains out there because because he's not super powered and you know he's not as flashy as guys like Luther or some of these smarter guys. He I think he gets forgotten about. But he's accomplished more literally than any other villain in all of D.C. in terms of the Earth villains. <clears throat> How can you not when you've been around since the beginning of time? Yeah, exactly. So?
1: He's he's cool. Another another like you're saying, Ray, there's so many D.C. villains that are iconic that it's like, where do, you, where do you where do you where do you you know draw the line? And I mean, he's one that a lot of people probably don't think about, but that's a great choice. He's a thank you, sir. He's a douche. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Very much uh, so. Alright, all right. so my number nine, uh, I jump into a guy who's primarily combated with the Flash, uh, myself, and I go with Gorilla Grodd. No hands. What can you? What else can you say about a hyper-intelligent, telepathic, telekinetic gorilla that is intent on taking over the world? Like, what else is there to, to say? It's like
1: Pogo from a academy freaking gone awesome. bad.
0: Well, is you can thank Gorilla Grodd for Pogo. Yep. Like that, that's how you look at it. Look, look at it. Like they, it's, it's, it's so funny. Cause the thing about DC that's always interesting is true about comic books in, in general. It's just the way, uh, create like, um, characters, origin stories get retconned. Originally it was a meteorite that crash lands in, in Africa that gives the, him and his tribe of, uh, apes power or gorilla's mm-hmm. powers. And later it's an alien, Uh, an alien spaceship and and, you know is teaching them how to live peacefully within society until they're discovered and then gorilla kills the alien and is like fuck it i'm taking over this and i'm taking over the world and that that is the bonkers level of character that we can get in a comic book story is just awesome and appeals to me and so that was that was my number nine was gorilla grod and i know he's gained some traction in like the flash tv show he's been a part of there Mm -hmm. as well and so, you know, great, great character. I one I, again, one of the top of the flash rogues gallery, maybe not the first one that people think of, or even the second or third, but for my money, he was my number two. So and
2: gorilla, and for, for gorilla, the record, the gorilla. flash rogues gallery is really deep and underrated yeah. for the record.
0: Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. There, I were, agree.
2: there were a couple of
0: others that I almost
2: put on here that I didn't.
1: Yeah. I like gorilla a cool character. That's uh. That one you don't normally think about because he's he's usually seeming to, to be like subservient to one of the other villains in some bigger plot that's going on. You know, he's kind of there right, it's like right? a foot soldier. So I think he gets kind of lost in the uh, in the shadows a little bit. But standing on his own. Yeah, I mean, super powered, super intelligent, kind of, you know, <laughs> bent on world domination. Gorilla
0: it, As every a, gorilla should be, damn it. That's right. If King Kong oh, could talk. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll jump right into my number eight then. Uh, this time I shifted over to the Green Lantern universe and went with Parallax. Okay. See? Nods. Oh, Tony, Tony, in his mutedness, giving me a. Sec- it's it's just this the entity of fear. And again, I have another Green Lantern character. Uh, I'm later pretty sure on. we all have
2: that other one. So, yeah. Green
0: Lantern villain later on, but when. <laughs> DC was kind of looking to shake things up, and and they wanted to replace Hal Jordan for a little bit with with Kyle Rayner. Uh, feelings about Kyle Kyle Rayner notwithstanding, there there was this entity that became sort of the yellow light. It was the the it embodied the yellow light of fear, and in this whole story, it possesses Hal Jordan and turns Hal evil, and it's this big. Really, really big deal. And he's come back and possessed various folks over time. He's never like its own entity. And if your reflection of Parallax is based on the horrible Ryan Reynolds movie, I would encourage you to go back and and check out, particularly like the reboot when you look at like Blackest Night, the Sinestro Corps was was part of all that, like the War of the Green Lanterns. He's a big part of the New 52. He's in all of those. Green Lantern, Rebirth. So... He's he's just I don't know he's always just been that great counterfoil that embodies fear much the same way that a later villain that we will all talk about does as well and and I always liked that that Hal Jordan goes bad story not because he's really bad but because a, a force outside of him that is the opposite of everything he stands for takes him over
2: other than Jessica Cruz whose very existence is about fear. Right. I don't, I, th- I don't think any other other lanterns lanterns have to deal with fear as much as hell. So mm-hmm. it was just why he was a perfect guy for that. Yeah, Parallax is cool, man. I would I wouldn't even think of Parallax. And, Clearly, and, and yeah, that's okay.
1: Right. I wasn't thinking about him because he's so in intertwined with the other character we're going to talk about later on. So that's kind of why I didn't Same. I didn't separate the two, but they are definitely in, in a lot of places separate entities for sure. But yeah, good call on. Don't base it on that stupid movie. That's just no, oh god, fuck. no. That's like basing Galactus on the Fantastic Four movie. Galactus is a big fucking cloud. No, he's not. I'm sure we'll talk Speaking about him next Galactus. week. of Galactus, <laughs> <laughs> Next week, folks. Galactus, probably, maybe.
0: You never know. Let's move. All right, Ray. Uh, what's your number eight, brother?
2: Number eight is uh, he's become the seminal Teen Titans villain, but he's fought everybody. Deathstroke. <laughs> Deathstroke, The Terminator. Oh, got to right. stop.
1: It's higher on mine. Dave, yeah. on to your number eight, brother. Uh, my number eight is higher on yours, Patrick, and it's Black Adam. So we will table okay. that Okay, so we'll pause few. that one. Uh, my number seven and going... Higher on mine. Okay. Black Adam. Black Adam's higher on Rays too. Uh, my Next. number My number seven going back to the Batman gallery of supervillains is uh, Ra's al Ghul.
2: I had his honorable of Okay great choice
1: great choice uh you know raz is is kind of like vandal savage and has been around a long time not as long as vandal savage but you know raz al ghul is is (laughs) in some ways he's kind of like thanos where he wants the world to be a perfect place or at least in his eyes a perfect place but his way of going about it is like fuck it we just got to eliminate all humanity and you know that's 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 his solution is eliminate all humanity. I thought he was portrayed very well by Liam Neeson in Batman Begins and you kind of get an idea of what Ra's al Ghul is all about, but they only scratched the very very tip of the surface with uh with you know who he was and what makes him so great. He's got so much knowledge of just about any martial arts that you can want. He's got all the intelligence in the world. He knows about technology. He's got access to the Lazarus Pits which in Im- are able to make him have long life, super strength, all this other stuff at the cost of bringing him right up to the edge of insanity. But he always seems to be able to counter that. And then the Lazarus pits are used for lots of stuff like the, the Red Hood, you know, where Jason Todd gets brought back through a Lazarus pit. That's all Raz al Ghul. Him and, and, and the relationship with him and Batman is so fantastic because they have nothing but the utmost respect for each other, even though they are bound and determined to eliminate each other so much. So, and, and you wedge the whole thing where Ra's al Ghul's daughter, Talia is with Batman to the point that they have a kid together, Damian Wayne. So Ra's al Ghul's uh, grandson is related to his arch enemy. It's all fantastic. He's one of the great Batman villains. I just absolutely love Ra's al Ghul and everything he brings to the table. Um, so yeah, he's number seven for me.
0: I'm muted. I'm sorry.
1: You're muted. Ray's frozen. Tony okay, Ray, silent. Oh,
0: dude, we have lost Ray. Somebody message Ray. Can we text Ray? I back. Can you hear me? Oh,
1: we can I hear can you. Hear you. Oh. Yeah. There he you. Is. Oh,
0: here we go. Sorry. There he so, is. I'm-
1: All right. <laughs>
0: uh, Ray Cash party of 1. Ray Cash party of 1. What happened to Ray Cash? How can hey. we podcast at a time like this people are missing. So Dave, when we left off, you were you were finishing up Raza Ghul. We were moving to Ray's number seven. So Ray, what do you got for us for number seven, brother?
2: Ray Sal Gul was perfect, by the way. Love that pick. Thank you, Ray. Um Yeah, Ray Sal was the man. My number, I can't talk about my number seven because he's higher on your list too. It's Black Adam, number seven.
0: Excellent. So that means we move to me and I'm gonna go I'm at least proud of myself that for my bottom five. I did a different character villain throughout all this, and I went to Wonder Woman for my number for my number seven, and I went with Cheetah, who we will see in twenty twenty seven on television somewhere someday. Yeah, right. Like allegedly, am right. I am I cool to go? Am I cool to go forward with, with Cheetah? Actually, by the way, this is, I think the first first list that we put together. By the way, where um we had like more than one woman on the list. Go us.
2: Go us inclusion, yeah. B- baby
0: inclusion, steps. baby, inclusion. So here we go. There's been four different versions, but most people probably either know Priscilla Rich or Barbara Ann Minerva. Those seem to be the two big ones. She's she's the she's the kind of the the ultimate foil to Wonder Woman, right? Like she's just always she's the nemesis. Like you know, Superman has Lex Luthor batman has the joker wonder woman has cheetah who is this character who's in com- you know with comparable powers you know if you get past wonder woman's early beginnings when it was a low-key bondage animal fetish thing you, you start <laughs> to get into uh, a character who like I-, I i remember for the first time again from the super friends if that fair fairly or unfairly uh but She's the nemesis and just kind of kept growing in powers and was a big part of the new 52, was a big part of the, you know, the DC rebirth things, uh events that all took place. And you can just always count on her being, she's always going to be a thorn in Wonder Woman's side. Yeah,
1: she's, I mean, Wonder Woman doesn't have a, a, not like the other ones. You don't see the depth in the rogues gallery of too many Wonder Woman right. villains, but Cheetah's the one who stands out as far right. as. You know, as much as you can stand toe-to-toe with Wonder Woman, which is a, a lofty goal to be sure, uh, Cheetah does a pretty good job of it.
0: Well, and a, and a lot like a lot of other characters, she 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 understands her limitations to a point um, in taking on these sorts of characters, which is why you can never keep her down.
2: Cheetah Cheetah reminds me a lot of, of Marvel villain because she's almost like the inverse.
0: Right. Very popular if to, to quote Samuel L Jackson in Unbreakable. like the the top villain is oftentimes the opposite of, of the hero. So that's my number seven. All right, so we've all dropped him at number six is is mine Black Adam. Again, coming to you in theaters in 2027 hashtag 2027 we'll see the rock portray this character. but Shazam, fun loving exciting billy Batson, shazam his nemesis and ultimate foil is if shazam went wrong and you get black adam yeah
1: because black adam is shazam gone wrong that's his, right that's his backstory it's shazam wrong. gone wrong
0: why should i use this power for the betterment of others right
1: and then when he actually comes back many years later i mean the the guy is so powerful i mean you're talking superman level power without Mm -hmm. without the weakness and he can match superman because his powers are based in magic which is one of superman's weaknesses the guy what did he single-handedly like start world war three at one point i mean he basically took took down the justice society of america took down the doom patrol took down the titans it had to be captain marvel or not captain marvel well yeah captain marvel but shazam is the real name i know it is shazam and zatanna had to combine to neutralize him to the point that they could actually do something with him that's a tremendously powerful character yeah matched up against the uh marvel family and is way more than a match for them and probably too much on some occasions i always you know i i I mean the dr savannah thing with shazam was fine i really thought black adam should have been the first villain that would have made more sense it could have really put that movie on an entirely different Uh, level. But yeah, I mean, I love the the Black Adam pick. I think as that movie gets closer to being released in seven years, that uh, more and more people will start to learn and want to study the lore of Black Adam and realize just what a badass character he really is.
0: I mean, that movie is going to give us Hawkman. So I'm down.
2: That's right. He he did just get casted. Um, I was fine with Savannah in the Shazam movie because they want to do... So there's, there's two Adams you can talk about. There's the Adam who just hates Captain Marvel and Billy Batson in particular because the old man Shazam gave him his power. And then there's the Black Adam who's almost like a tragic anti-hero who just wants to protect his people at Kandahar. And that's kind of what Rock is playing in the movies, which is why they didn't want him to be the initial villain for Shazam. They want him to kind of be his own character. And then when they fight, you pick who you back up. If we're just talking about Black Adam, the kind of the the rogue to um, Shazam, then yeah, it, it, it probably would have been a better movie. But I think what they're trying to do is going to end up cooler in the long run. But in the as far as a character, one of the most truly layered villains you'll find is almost akin to a Magneto, in the sense that he's really passionate about protecting his people, but the second you start messing with his people. He'll bring the wrath of everything on you. It's almost unbeatable. Like um, there's been many, many stories where like it's been almost every hero around, including Superman, they still couldn't get put a handle on my guy. Yeah, Black Adam is a beast.
0: Excellent. Well, we're back to you on your number six then.
2: My number six is probably like he's so disrespected because of the movie. Uh oh. Number number six is
1: Doomsday. Uh, I got no well on my honorable mention, Ray. That's yeah. You, ignore the bullshit in the movie. Just fuck the movie. The
4: movie. It's almost as told- if Zack
0: Snyder ruins things.
4: Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion one hundred and fifty. Then. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, (laughs) D.C. He did there. There's no disputing that.
2: I don't have as many qualms as many people do about the Portrayal of Doomsday, but there's a lot about it that just didn't make didn't work for me. However, the actual character Doomsday, like the unbeatable, unkillable, continually growing and ever learning, ever change. he's Indominus Rex from the new uh, from the new um, Jurassic World movies. Like if like he couldn't be beat by anybody, uh, he's the reason Superman was killed, or Put in stasis, whatever you want to call it, or whatnot. Doomsday goes from world to world to world to world and killing everybody. You know, I, I'd, I'd venture to think Doomsday probably would have been a part of the reason why Krypton was destroyed. That was not the very reason they killed that, that planet, but he went everywhere going to kill all Kryptonians. Like, yeah, I, I, I think that Doomsday is an insatiable killing machine that can't be killed. And that if it is killed for whatever reason or put in stasis as Kryptonians are learns and adapts. Yeah. Have you, he's he's like a predator on, he's like a predator on steroids.
1: The backstory for doomsday. I mean, most people stopped with the death of Superman and that's really as far as I got, but that death of Superman story arc goes on for five collected volumes. And it's the last one, the Superman doomsday collected volume where they give doomsdays real backstory and you learn What they killed him like a thousand times over and over and over, and then he adapted to the point that they couldn't kill him anymore. And then he couldn't be killed. And then he got off whatever planet he was on and just destroyed and 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 Superman even learns and evolves and understands and realizes how he can beat Doomsday. But it's he's so bad that what that one character who travels through time, who's not supposed to get involved in anything, gets involved because it's gonna be that bad. Uh he's just but yeah that death of Superman story that those those that last volume, the full page panels of the fight between Superman and Doomsday where you can I mean you feel each blow that they're raining down on each other he's um yeah the 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 fucking what Zach did with him and see I know Ray, you don't have a big problem with it I got a huge problem with it because it's like they use general Zod. To, that's what i hate about it that's yeah, what i hate about that it. makes no sense because that's not that's, that's not right. his origin
0: at all so yeah. Zack snyder ruined a movie yes a character a character, character a by, character yes by By the way for what it's worth patrick o'dowd rips on Zack snyder drink yeah that's right oh, yeah right? that's right drinking game no. we're, I'm, we're I'm, just... I'm i've already ri- i've already ripped on rise of skywalker drink yeah
1: but I, I oh, love
2: talking around Johnny's alley. By the way,
1: yeah, I absolutely love the Doomsday pick, Ray, because that's uh, that was one on my short list, and I'm like, nice call.
0: Got to, got to, got to pick those children to leave behind. Dave, what's your number six before we roll into our commercial break? My number six is also from the Superman universe, and the
1: smartest of any of the villains on this list, and it's Brainiac.
0: I oh, almost Ray's, had Brainiac. Ray's, on Ray's, on Ray's there. got him higher. Well, Ray's gonna put us on hold, so we'll uh we'll be covering that in our top five because it's in Ray's top five and just like that we are going to be going into our commercial break good first set of five you guys clearly are the the nerds on this one i am so a bandwagoner i i it reminds me during the break i need to jump on wikipedia and bring up the next two characters i have listed so that i can at least pretend like no just kidding
1: well one this of them one, one of them will be discussed in, in detail pretty soon. So don't worry about him.
0: Right, right. So so we're gonna be heading to break. Before we go into our recorded commercials, this is my time to remind you to head over to ProWrestlingTees.com WrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and check out our store. There are all kinds of great shirts there for you to pick up and buy, including a bandwagon nerd shirt, A shirt for a winner is you, any number of chairshot.com shirts. There is uh, hashtag, te- uh, hashtag save tag team wrestling, queen of soft style Miranda Morales shirts, and many, many more. If you like what we're doing here, if you like the content we're putting out on chairshot.com, please take some time and buy a shirt. You can get that shirt in your standard t shirt style, or if you're feeling fancy, spend a little bit more and get it soft style, the preferred style of the queen of soft style Miranda Morales. When we come back, our numbers five through one top 10 dc villains of all time you are listening to bandwagon nerds on the chairshot.com
5: promotional consideration paid for by the following
2: why should you visit the chairshot.com the chairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews news opinion and analysis with attitude why because you're smarter than the average fan the chairshot.com always use your head TheChairShot.com. Always use
0: your head. All right, and we are back diving into our five through one. I got to tell you, fellas, I'm going to jinx this right here, right now, but we actually made pretty good time considering we did a show review. So to be where we are. Uh, it's, way to go, Patrick. now. Now we're in danger because I fucked
3: it all up. Great, I got a top fifty DC villains list for you. Are Sweet, Sit down and
0: shut up. I will mute you, sir. You hey. muted yourself. Thank I, God.
1: I just want to say there's only there's only a couple days left to get those Plat Balazs 2020 t-shirts. Uh, oh, They're new. Their new slow. Their new platform is don't be dumb again. There you go.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, Dave, you get to be dumb and pimp some Jackson. No, I'm just kidding. Tell <laughs> us your number five.
1: Well, actually. This uh this character at number five does have some tie-ins to what Zach was doing, sort of. Maybe well, actually, it's more Joss's shit than Zach's. Uh, Ray also mentioned him not. earlier. It's Deathstroke is number five on my list. Uh, right. the ultimate mercenary. I mean, th- this guy. It's like it's like Deadpool is usually considered the ultimate mercenary, the merc merc, merc with a mouth, that sort of thing. Uh, Deathstroke, on the other hand, just really is all about himself. You know, he's all in it for himself. He's he's got powers, you know. He's taken some sort of serum, like they all seem to do. So he's got powers, but he's really all about himself, and he's just well versed in just about everything, you know. Krav Maga, whatever discipline you want to do, he's there, and he's just a handful for everybody, especially the Titans. The Teen Titans have a real issue with Deathstroke, but on the other hand, Deathstroke becomes a member of the Teen Titans for a brief period of time. He's got kids. You know, his kids have got issues. One of them turns into, what, Ravager or some shit like that? I don't remember. Rose. His... Huh? Yeah. What's that right? about Rose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's got, like, three kids. They all, like, his enemies use him to kidnap one of them. I mean, he's just, he's the ultimate mercenary. You know, you saw him in the post credit scene for Justice League, and I can only hope beyond all hope that we get something involving Deathstroke later on. With uh something that they're gonna do with the DC universe because he's such a multi-layered character with a lot of depth and and just yeah he's a, an asshole to the utmost extreme but he does it in a way that's very entertaining I think he won't be as funny as Deadpool but I think he's got charisma like Deadpool does that would transfer over to the film well uh, I forget who was playing him at the end of um, Joe, Joe Manganiello thank Manjulo, you yeah. yeah I think he'll do an excellent job as Deathstroke if he's given the chance. Uh, One of my favorite characters, just, you know, not as powered as some of the other ones on the list, but every bit as dangerous as any of the villains on this list. So I got Deathstroke at number five.
0: Word on the street is that Zack Snyder is planning to ruin Deathstroke by including him in his Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League movie. So there you go. Um, Come on, man. Does anybody
1: think Zack Snyder's Justice League is still going to be just four parts? Because with all these people they're adding, I think it's going to eight. At this point, I mean, I,
0: I don't know. You've got James Gunn with like fifty members of the Suicide Squad playing. So.
2: Yeah, I definitely do think it's going to be four parts, but that's four hours. Imagine uh, what, all the stuff we put in six. Six. Tuddy says six. No, I think it's going to be four because Too damn I, long. I think he's smart to realize that all the shit he had to do to get this, he don't 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 mess it up. Don't mess up the money. Okay, what's your thoughts By on Deathstroke, way- Ray? Um so you talked about all his accolades, you know, military, Maven, um adept with mm-hmm. any weapon, literally, uh almost to a bullseye level, which can make anything a weapon. You didn't talk about how much of a piece of shit he is. The I reason the might. teen <laughs> the reason the teen titans hate him so much is because of the terror story. And yeah. if you know what he's done in that story, how he manipulated, abused, and practically raped in And like sexually abuses poor little girl to convince her to mess with Titans just to get them because he hated the Titans. He is an absolutely horrible, despicable human that will do whatever he needs to do to get what he wants. And your corollary with him and Deathstroke and Death and Deadpool is beautiful because one, they straight up use Deathstroke to make Deadpool. Number one, yeah. But number, but number two, and more importantly. While Deadpool is essentially an anti-hero who does what he wants, but it still has some good, Death, Deathstroke is up for whatever. It, he'll take any amount of money. He'll take anything you can give him just to, to fulfill his goal. He, is, he has completely no koof. He has no problems doing anything. He'll kill anybody. He'll do anything. He, Deathstroke the Terminator is a perfect name for him because he is... One of the most deadly people in a world full of so many mercenaries. We just talked about Sal Ghoul and the League of Assassins, Vandal Savage's family. He's probably the most dangerous merc in all of DC.
1: Yeah, arguably in all of comics. I mean him you know, and him yeah. and Deadpool would be a hell of a throwdown. So,
0: but by the way, if you we've talked about this before when it comes to like Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go. Will Arnett's take on Deathstroke in the Teen Titans Go movie and in the and the subsequent show is is hilarious, in that they do everything Bruce. to kind of keep.
2: What was it? I'll do it, Bruce. Oh,
0: oh yeah. I'm yeah. oh, sorry, I, I totally misunderstood what you were doing there, man. Uh, and it is just kind of this funny take on this asshole character, and yet in a way that still makes sense to to the character itself. So. My two cents on Deathstroke, as we then hand it over to Ray to go into his number five.
2: So my number five is probably, I believe it's higher on yours, but it's Sinestro.
0: It's my number five as well, but higher on Dave's. So we'll skip the two of us and we'll go to my number four. And now I guess we'll see if if there's more shuffling to take place. My number four is Reverse Flash i mean you the dude on my list. get the fuck out of town the dude literally created the flashpoint story arc that dave loves so much and doesn't Honorable have it on there how the hell do you not have reverse flash literally Honorable the antithesis mentions, of barry man. ellen you guys are a sh- fuck you both how <laughs> this is the one i thought i had the two of you on board ready to go <laughs> this is so good he is he is the antithesis of Barry Allen. You talk about the lowest of the low in terms of scum and out for himself. Like that is all he's about. He uses the speed force in just terrible terrible ways all about himself and and making himself I, I just can't believe that Mr. Flashpoint David Ungar doesn't have reverse flash in this in, on, on his list, like that, Ray,
1: like Ray says, there are so many DC villains. It is hard to just look at the list. It's like, yeah, I would bump him in there. Maybe okay, maybe I could bump Catwoman and re- put Reverse Flash in there or something. But
0: sure. Uh, but you're, you're I, over, everything you're, you're over saying. Over I agree.
1: Batman is a shame, sir. <laughs> you're not saying anything that's wrong. That's for sure. Look at all
0: Ray's honorable mentions. <laughs> Tony has a word to to contribute.
3: Eobard Thon is one of the greatest villains in DC history, period, point blank, end of story. You think about how much Lex Luthor means to Batman. Well, if you want to legitimize the Flash, Thon is the whole antithesis of that entire story. And thanks for having me, guys. I'm really enjoying yeah, listening I... to you. Now, shut up because then you can't, you can't, nope, nope.
1: Lex Luthor doesn't really have a whole lot to do with Batman, but thanks for the uh, input there, Tony. <laughs> <You laughs> You meant Superman? Sorry, <laughs> I
0: meant, yes, Superman. I'm drinking. <laughs> Aren't we all? Uh, well, fine. I'm really disappointed, you guys. Like, I guess do but, do your number four, Ray. it's, like, it's your list, me. Pat. Clearly, no. it's your list. Well, no, no, man. No, it's cool. For the I record,
2: had... I think both. I think both me and Dave, and I feel comfortable speaking for you, bro. Think he's one of, as Tony said, one of the greatest DC villains ever. Oh. Absolutely, it's just. We had to pick ten.
1: Yeah, and and I mean, he is one of the greatest villains. I I don't even know if I call him my favorite Flash villain, but he's definitely up there. But but Captain
0: Cold. Captain Cold, Cold is underrated man, as what fuck, Captain man. Cold is the man. He's yes. uh, he's I, so I, underrated,
1: I, I, Patrick.
3: Zoom and Savitar, and then shout out to Mark Hamill as the Trickster.
2: Yes, absolutely. Trickster. You you want to, you want to take a deep dive in his Flash Rose galleries, Mirror Master? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, Jesus
3: Christ.
1: Wasn't he, right. he was in Flashpoint Paradox as well, right? I mean, Reverse so, Flash had Mirror Master doing all sorts of shit. Yeah. Where do every, you think
3: we get King Shard and, and Gorilla Grodd from? Yeah. Ex- I mean, Shard, ev- everything
1: Shard. everything Pat said about Reverse Flash is 100% accurate. He is responsible for one of the most iconic stories ever with Flashpoint Paradox. It is. It's just like, yeah, which kid do you leave behind? And he got he got left at the pool.
2: All right. Well, well, let's
0: hear what let's hear what kid Ray took home from the
2: pool. For his number four. And and by the way, how petty is it to go back in time just to kill somebody?
0: Hell yeah, it's petty. That's <laughs> that's what makes it
2: great, though. That's, such that's a- petty. <laughs> My number four is Brainiac.
0: Okay.
2: We good? We're good.
0: I mean, yeah, it's fine. It's no it's no reverse Flash, but, it, you know, it's cool.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is great. So we finally have a Zack Snyder for him and a Rise of Skywalker for Pat now. Yeah. Um So, you know, um, we're all wrestling people. You remember Bray Wyatt used to call himself the Eater of Worlds? That's actually Brainiac.
0: (laughs) Now, now which Brainiac are you referring to? Because there's multiple numbers. And I'm not trying to be a jerk
2: about this. I don't know. I don't know the numbers,
0: bro.
1: It's not Brainiac 5 because he's more of a hero with the Legion of Superheroes in the future. This is When you think Brainiac, I mean, you think of – well, I mean – yeah, Pat's right. There have been multiple variations of of Brainiac. It's not the Brainiac Five variety though.
0: There's go ahead, Ray. I'm just busting your balls, Ray. I'm sorry. I just I
2: needed. To... They have officially busted. I didn't. I, you talking about numbers and shit? I don't pay attention to that.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, yes, there
0: there are multiple Brainiacs.
2: But Brainiac got here, like kill destroying worlds and turn them and put them in the snow globes and stuff and putting them <laughs> on his mantle. Like my man is vicious, and um he, he he is a living embodiment of intelligence, and you you said it i don't remember which one said it forgive me, but whoever said Bernick at first said he truly is a, I think it was Dave right, yeah, yeah, it was He's Dave by far the smartest person in all of the d c universe and all of the multiverse and whatnot. there's nobody close um. He is the seminal probably d c uh probably um justice league villain. I don't think they've struggled with anybody maybe more than but they have a brainiac um and yeah you 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 see brainiac like odds are your world is done, so just like give it up
1: twelfth level intellect is what they say he's got right twelfth level intellect that's that's pretty far. The fuck I, One thing we didn't mention about Deathstroke, it just dawned on me, that he's been manipulated to use 90% of his brain. So he's got tremendous cognitive mm-hmm. abilities. We forgot that aspect of him. But yeah, when I'm talking brainiac, 12th level intellect, um, the ability to transfer his consciousness from entity to entity, whether they're organic or seemingly inorganic, he's like the, the only villain that Supergirl actually fears. Superman, not so much. Supergirl actually fears Brainiac. Uh, Superman has found a way ways to deal with him, but can't ever really beat him because he's like it's like trying to grab smoke. You know, you think you've got him, and he just evaporates and goes somewhere else. Unbelievably intelligent, yeah. The eater of worlds, Kandor. I mean, that whole thing with the Kryptonian city. Uh, you talk about Doomsday, maybe had something to do with Krypton's demise. Brainiac probably had a lot to do with Krypton's demise as well. He's a uh, oh, oh. one scary ass character you know every bit that equal the match for superman in a different way than like luther or somebody else is because i mean yeah brainiac is just uh one of those characters that you just look at and say yeah superman's got his hands full with him
0: yeah i got i got nothing really to add other than busting right Ray, race other, other, re-
2: other than it's not Reverse will, Flash, but right and but, it's not reverse flash is but is the, is, is that amenable to you sir
0: I, he's he was one he was one I considered all my top ten as well. Thank ah, you, sir. See,
1: Pat had honorable mentions. He's just not going to tell us, Ray. That's all.
0: No, I actually don't have a list of honorable mentions at all. Like I had a couple that I toyed with, but at the end of the day, went with went with
2: what I love. Hey, if if I keep it real with y'all, my t- my my honorable mentions top ten might be a good top ten. It's crazy. probably yeah. So it's my number so four.
0: It, I think it is. So
1: you guys have mentioned him earlier number 4 for me is Sinestro. And uh <laughs> the the major villain of Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns. He oh. you know and Sinestro's story is fantastic because he starts off okay. He starts off as a Green Lantern, but Green Lantern. Huh?
2: Is the Green Lantern?
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But then he goes wrong because his idea of what to do with the power ring is kind of a totalitarian society with him in charge. And and that doesn't go so well. And the Green Lanterns kind of banish him to uh like some like kind of comparable to the Phantom Zone. I don't I don't remember what it was called. Right. But he's brought back through uh not like the anti guardians, you know, who hate the guardians and everything about them. And so they use the idea of, of fear and fashioning a gold power ring around it. Now, this, of course, ties back into one of the dumbest weaknesses in all of comics, which is the Green Lantern's inability to deal with the color yellow, which makes no sense. No sense at all. But that is. Well, the way it it's, is.
0: it's a very old tropey superhero thing. Like when you look at original superhero lore. And this is the other thing is Sinestro is the ultimate opposite of the hero right he is like he is the devil. and the one good thing by the way that the green lantern movie gave us was mark strong as sinestro agree you know, cuz he he was awesome and i didn't mind ryan reynolds as green lantern i'll, I'll be no, honest no with no you no guys. no i
1: mean it wasn't his it, fault it was
0: it was some of the script writing that happened within there where he makes hot wheels to to protect people stuff yes. like that that was just dumb. Yeah, um, and parallax being Uh, whatever, whatever. It's like it's 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 the Galactus equivalent in the Fantastic Four movie. It's like, what the fuck is that? Right. Um. But no, it's silly because the whole like perfect opposite weakness can get silly for various characters, and I think that's one of the things I like about a lot of Marvel (laughs) characters. Is a lot of Marvel characters don't have that issue. Like, they don't have, like, this one thing that beats them. There's just other beings that are as that are comparable in power scope that can combat them.
1: You mean, like, the Justice Society's Green Lantern, whose weakness is wood? You know, something right. stupid like, what like that? what the hell is that? Yes, exactly. What is the... he a vampire? Yeah. Why, why? Wood. <laughs> of all things, fucking wood? Really? This is... Give me a... That's, that's,
0: that's Alan Scott's Alan Scott.
1: Alan Scott's weakness, <laughs> weakness is wood. Can't get on boats? Yeah, can't... <laughs>
0: But I think the don't thing climb of, the don't climb the treehouse. That's right. I think the thing about Sinestro, house.
1: like you were talking parallax earlier. Parallax was was imbued in the power ring that Sinestro had for a while, and it was right. his presence that boosted that ring to the point that he could defeat Hal Jordan and a lot of the Guardians. And then, yeah, everything that Sinestro does, just you know, the the embodiment of fear, using fear for maximum effectiveness, and just the ultimate Green Lantern villain and uh yeah i mean i i love sinestro and he's, he's number four on my list sorry reverse flash but sinestro got it over you
2: if we're <laughs> on he's upset giving me the finger let, let's be honest with ourselves for just a second if you take away the how interesting the characters are sinestro guy gardner Hal, and um john guy stewart gardner.
0: guy gardner is interesting
2: I, I love Guy Gardner so much because he's such a dick. He is a dick. Okay. He's such a piece of I keep dick.
0: waiting for
1: so, Superman just to beat the fuck out of him, and it doesn't happen.
2: <laughs> he wants to, but he knows he needs him. But if if you take away the Simon Baz and um, mm-hmm. Jessica Cruz, if you take away like how interesting they are as characters, the whole idea of the Green Lantern Corps is dumb as hell.
0: I mean, it's an intergalactic space police
2: force. Not that. That's cool. The idea oh. that they're all powered by this one ring oh, that is yeah. powered by a feeling. Right? And now all with all the color schemes and all the rings that we have now, like it makes it cooler because I think the characters are cool. But I so the idea of what powers it is inherently like not the smartest thing, but it's been written so well. So when you think about a guy like Sinestro and we you know and I know the color yellow and all that, but Sinestro makes it work. Because of his backstory. Because of who he was. And he was trying to almost, Thanos like, rule the world. Because he wanted to give it some order.
0: Well, I think that, I think that, I think that's what, I mean, comic books and, uh, comic book villains and even comic book heroes, they're kind of ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, at the end of the day, it's all kind of ridiculous. So, there has to be more to it, and you know when. I, and you'll hear me talk about comic books as a mythology all the time. the uh, The other end of it is, they're, they're they're compelling, and it's the the characters behind them that make them compelling. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, any one of these characters that we've talked about, and I think through all three of the lists that we've done so far, they've been compelling. Like they're they're human interest stories as much as they are villains. And there is a there is an ability to connect to them as entities, not just as foils to the heroes. So well, you're sorry. you're you're spot on on that. Like it, it's you sit there and you're like, this is kind of silly, this is kind of dumb, but yet I get this guy, and so it works for me. Works for so me. So where works? All for right, me. is it who whose turn is it? There you go, drink.
1: <laughs> I think it's mine. I go to number three, so right? Three. So right, you're double up. here's the thing. I'm going out on a very short ledge here and imagining our top threes are probably very similar to each other. In fact, I know Just for where a fact, they land. yeah, exactly where they land. Um, my number three is identical to Patrick's. I don't know if it's identical to Ray, but it's
2: dark side is my number three. Same. same. I'm pretty sure I want two to exactly the same. Are you one, are you one and two Luke, uh, Joker and Luther one and two. They Who's are
1: number one. They are,
0: but so, really, yeah, it's, have it's different. It well, might be a different order. I for, mean, since we're since we're just doing this, my my one, two and three are Luther, Joker, Darkseid. Right. Minors. Joker.
1: Yeah. Mine's Joker, Luther, Darkseid as well. So.
0: All right. So we'll we'll cover
1: we'll cover them however we want. I mean, if you yeah, want, right. if you want, we could just talk about. I mean, start with Darkseid. Uh, you know, now let's
0: let's start with Darkseid since here's what we'll do. We'll go by majority rules since the two of you had Joker as your number one. We'll do the Joker last and we'll do Luther next. OK, deal. Sound good. So we'll do dark side first. Yeah. I mean,
1: dark side is, I mean, Ray mentioned brainiac being the biggest pain in the ass for the justice league. I would say no, <laughs> I would yeah, say, right. I would say dark side is probably a bigger pain in the ass for the justice league in some ways, a more recent pain in the ass for sure. Um, when I look at dark side, yeah, Thanos is the first thing that pops into my mind. Sure. When you, when you come here, but you know, There is no redeeming quality about Darkseid. Thanos is doing what he's doing because he thinks it's the only way to basically bring the universe into balance. Darkseid is all about subjugating everybody to his will. Every living, breathing organism needs to bend the knee,
0: so to speak. So that's why I have a different comp in Marvel. And for me, it's Apocalypse from the X-Men franchise. True, Because Apocalypse is all about subjugation to his will period true and i don't think he ever says this in the comics but one of my favorite quotes of his out of the uh, marvel animated series is when people try to like fight him he he just starts with i'm as far beyond mutants as as mutants are beyond humans and just he is the alpha the omega and that is that and you will hear about Apocalypse next week on next week's show. There's a But Dark Side is absolutely, in my opinion, the. And I think that Apocalypse, again, was modeled after Dark Side. I think Dark came first. Yeah. But he. Thanos, yeah.
2: yeah. What's that? Thanos was modeled after Dark Side directly.
0: Uh, so, yeah.
1: I mean, they look similar. They have the similar right. look, they have similar kind of ideals to a Bunchin, certain extent. Yeah. Exactly. but. But uh sure. and, but dark. So I'm just, no, I'm just saying dark side. Yeah, okay. As far as you know, he's relatively unkillable. Even the few times he's been killed, he's been resurrected. And his his whole kind of thing is. And Tony Tony can agree with this because they don't ever mention dark side in Crisis on Infinite Earths. But his whole thing is tied into that with the whole anti anti life equation. Tony's pissed mm-hmm. off about the Packers. His search for the anti life equation and his. Dealings with the anti monitor and whatever they do in the new fifty two oh. is is some great stuff. I, the anti monitor actually kills him with a lot of help, but he actually kills yeah. him. But yeah, dark
2: side anti monitor could have been on the list, huh? Anti monitor could have been on the list.
1: Yeah, he was in my he honorable could. mention. But uh, you know the omega beams and just the way that the omega omega beams can wipe you from existence or bring you back from non existence. So yeah, and they go everywhere. They just track you. Uh, dark side is just an <laughs> evil. Bastard. I mean, Superman can't really handle him. Nobody can really handle him, except Doomsday beat the shit out of him in one in one of those comics, which was fun. But uh, yeah, he's just he's so iconic that when the re- one of the main reasons Justice League failed so miserably was because you wanted Darkseid and you got shitty Steppenwolf instead. And people never mm-hmm. got over that.
0: There, there, there were a lot of reasons. A lot of reasons. There were a lot of reasons why that movie failed. But that was a and big
1: overriding issue. I thought for a lot of DC that was, that fans was, was that this is not what I want from a Justice League movie.
0: Which is so funny when you consider not to, when you talk about the different cinematic universes, is it like Marvel didn't lead with the Avengers going up against Thanos, right? Uh, but Thanos again, it
2: was, was movie, what's that? Thanos was in the movie though
0: yeah it's an after credit screen yeah. tag what? but what I'm saying is is that Marvel and this is again we've talked about the failings of DC Marvel built something to where you bought into Loki as the big bad against um, against the Avengers and in the DC movie you're like who the fuck is Steppenwolf like who is this guy who the fuck is right. Darks well, like they, there was just nothing to but that but you raise a good point that they didn't they were going against
1: Thanos in Avengers they just didn't know it yet and right, and like in Justice League, it, and the thing is that in Avengers, Loki was able to carry that movie, Steppenwolf couldn't, you know. And, and that's, right. I think, part of the reason it all falls apart is like, well, we need a bigger, bigger bad than this douche over here. Well, we
0: need it, we need a big bad that you've heard of, yeah, or that what? you cared about. Like, most people had no fucking idea who the hell Steppenwolf well, was. That's like this and, band from the 70s, and that's <laughs> right, and that's neither here nor there to the actual. You know, the conversation we're having with Darkseid, like I would these these top three are kind of one A, one B, one C when you really look at them in the DC universe. And I think we'll have a similar conversation when we make our way into Marvel. But cause Darkseid could easily be number one. Oh right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like easily. With just his sheer power and force of will.
2: Would would the movie have been better if it was Granny Goodness and the Furies? Instead the, movie, of, so.
0: the movie would have been better if they had had the movie would have been better if Warner Brothers had stuck their nose out of the whole process and not fast tracked a movie that was made in such a way that didn't yeah. build to anything. And, yeah. and they did. They just did it all backwards. And, and that's so bizarre to me. And they're still trying to recover from that. So yeah, they
1: tried to do the right. new 52 story. But it just but the problem but you is have the old 52. Well, I mean, the new 52 story, they just came together to combat Darkseid.
4: And if yeah. you don't
1: have that in the movie, then really they're kind of combined to fight step and fucking wolf. Nobody bought you know. that. Anybody who read no. DC or the new 52 wasn't going to buy into that shit. I didn't.
2: Exactly. My, so my positive my positive and my negative of of Dark Side are almost the same. In that Dark Side is very much content to be a ruler. And he has the Furies and grandi Goodness. He has Steppenwolf and all of his children and his family. He has the um uh, the parademons to do all kind of his bidding. And so while that is a positive in that he so badass, he got all these other badass people underneath him, he's also quite content just sitting and subjugating. Whereas the other people that we've mentioned, and the two people that we've mentioned ahead of him, and even someone like Brainiac, are continuously always trying more and more and more to do more, and he's comfortable just chilling at a, chilling on a. Population. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm good. I, I rule the world. So I rule everything. My, yeah.
0: All right. So let's let's talk about my number one. Your guys is number two. Lex Luthor, and I went. I went back and forth between whether I wanted to be him and the Joker. And I'm not going to lie. Part of me was certain that the two of you were going to pick the Joker number one. And so a little bit, this is me being obtuse and not wanting a unanimous number one. You So obtuse, I will own that right no. away. But I will share that at the end of the day, we, this really comes down to what brand of villain you like when it comes to a foil and a super villain. And for Lex Luthor, for me, And you'll see this in my number one next week, too. We always talk about guys who pull the strings. We talk about guys that... You you want to talk about a guy who has no right to go toe-to-toe with Superman? And fucking does it over and over and over and over again. Whether without powers, whether finding a way to get powers and be superpowered. Whether it's being president of the United States. Whether it's being the mayor of Metropolis. Whether it's running his corporations. He's a genius to the nth degree he is a criminal mastermind and he does it most of the time without anything special about him other than his fucking brain and he can take on superman he can take on the justice league he has often off and on been head of the legion of doom he has been that guy and to me it just it just because like he is the he is he's the controlled villain like, he's not the anarchist that the Joker is. And that's what I love about them. There's something beautiful, in my opinion. Like, I play Dungeons & Dragons. We, we've talked about this. And we talked about alignment. Lex Luthor is in, is, in my mind, what you would call the definition of lawful evil. In that yep. he is all about working within the laws and the parameters of the world around him to his own evil gains. And manipulating that and manipulating people. And love Lex Luthor because of it. And so he's, that's why he was my number one over the Joker.
1: He and the Joker are very, (laughs) they're polar opposites of each other and everything. If you've read any of the stuff where the Joker and Lex Luthor are working together, it doesn't, it starts off. Okay. But then that personality conflict and their, their ultimate, every time ultimate goal, which is Joker's anarchy Luther's not like you're saying, you know, you know, lawful evil or whatever, or, or whatever you the uh, alignment you want to give him. Yeah. I mean, Lex uses his intelligence. He 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 has he shouldn't have any business standing up to Superman, but he does time and time again, whether he's developed a super suit that's kind of, you know, imbued with kryptonite or he's just
0: I love that suit, by
1: the way. Yeah, that that suit is, is something else. Or he's he's using the system to get to the point like President of the United States and he, turn, he makes Superman an enemy of the state. And just he's got lots of money. He's got ambition. He wants to rid the world of Superman, not so much for the sake of evil, but because he actually in a lot of places thinks Superman is a threat to humanity, which ironically enough was Bruce Wayne's whole reason for going after Superman in BVS. Even though Lex Luthor was there as well, which is something else that didn't make any fucking sense about what they're doing. Yeah, it's a Zack Snyder movie, but it was a dumb fucking move. So there you go, Patrick. I'll drink to myself on that one. But Real,
0: real quick, one of my all-time favorite comic covers is the one with Lex Luthor standing in front of the flag with the pose, looking up into the sky with yeah. the hands on the hips. Yeah. Such a great cover. He, um, the tie Lex, flapping in the wind.
1: Lex has even been the hero. Like when they did forever evil a few years back mm-hmm. where the, all the heroes were gone. Lex was the only thing left standing against the crime syndicate and had to be the reluctantly had to be the hero. And he did it. He saved the world. So Lex is just multi-layered and can do anything he wants. And, and is, he's, he's, he's a different kind of evil. You know, that's, that's the only thing I can put on it. He's, he's not what you would. Think of when you think of evil, like the Joker. Lex is evil in his own way. He's he's out to he wants to get rid of Superman. That and the, the origin of their dispute, you know, there's like like Brainiac's got a bunch of different versions. There's like a bunch of different versions of why Lex Luthor hates Superman. But I did like like he wants to be the one to bring Superman down. Like when Doomsday kills Superman, it affected Lex greatly, and he yep. was he was upset. You know, I think part of him was upset that Superman was dead, but the bigger part of him was upset because he didn't kill him. He wasn't didn't the one who good. did it. So he was jealous. There was jealousy of this creature. And uh, yeah, I love Lex Luthor. He's number two on my list. Just a fantastic, multi-layered, enigmatic
2: villain. You you talk about how Lex is a different kind of evil. Lex is everyday evil. Mm-hmm. Lex is corporational evil. Lex is um, vaughty. My- would say, Bought. Vought. Vot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very much so. Nor Norman Osborn.
1: Shh, that's next week. There's a lot of similarities oh, between the two. I, Shh,
2: that's,
0: what's next week? I,
2: okay, I think I think the thing that I've always respected about Lex the most, and you've talked about everything I want to talk about, especially his dynamic with Superman. But um, what I think the thing that's always been the most interesting facet about Lex to me is that every major villain. That's not of Earth comes to respect Lex because his intellect is so far and away ahead of everybody else on Earth that they're all like like Dark Side has has pardoned him because it's like you're smart. Right. I have some. I, I have respect a very small you. amount of respect for you. You know, <laughs> like so that says a lot for a non-powered. He's not a soup. He's not. He has no. He's not powered at all. He's just a guy who's smart, got some money and uh for like other dimensional deep beings to be like i you are with me That that's that says a lot so
1: before we yeah, move to, is before we move to the joker i mean just the depth of lex's kind of quasi obsession with superman doesn't mm-hmm. he end up doing like a clone of superman that he raises as his son connor kent
2: or superboy yeah. is his clone yeah
1: i superboy mean is his son. you know you got something like that. the stuff he created bizarro bizarro superman was created by Lex Luthor, you know, Metallo, to, uh, Metallo is a, yeah, exactly. So
2: Both yeah, are, yeah. All, the, all these people are made by him. All
1: the little schemes yeah. and everything he does to try and take down Superman, ultimately failing more often than not. But it's 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 a great dynamic.
2: Is Project Cadmus is a thing in the comics, right? Yeah, Cadmus. That's a Lex. That's Lex. Yeah, it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like just anything with science, he
3: yeah, absolutely. Patrick, can I steal 60 seconds before you go to, to Joker?
0: Sure, steal 60 seconds.
3: All right. If you want to watch series where there's great villains and DC villains, Smallville from a while ago, and obviously The Flash right now. There's tons of DC villains. They're all excellent. For me, uh, Poison Ivy, Annie Monitor, uh, Penguin, um, just great villains. Uh, Ragdoll in the new Flash series is awesome. Um, and then I would have Dark Side 4. I got Thawne three, I got Luther two, and Joker one. So, you guys have been doing a great job. It's been great to sit here and listen in with you guys. And thanks for letting me.
1: Thawne number Thawne, three. Way three. to go, Tony. Oh, you oh. Just made Patrick's day. Thank you. I'm a, I'm,
3: a flash mark, man. You guys all do that. that. I know that's you are. That's true.
1: That's true. All
0: right. So, let's talk about the Joker.
1: So, where, do, where do you want to begin? <laughs>
0: that's, well, and, and that's on his own right. Yeah, it could be. It is. And that's the thing is, much like Lex Luthor being, which fascinates me because, you know, the last thing I'll say about Lex Luthor, he's kind of Batman, but evil, like truly evil. Like when you talk about money and manipulation and power and, and the ability to use and abuse things and gadgets, all that. The Joker is just the perfect foil for the Batman because he fits in that dark world of Gotham City and that dark narrative that they run with with Batman since his inception, he he is chaos incarnate. He does it. He he's evil for the sake of just being evil. Sometimes, like he wants, he wants the he wants terror to reign for no other reason than he thinks it's fun. And you know, like people dig that. Yeah, like, that's where the, I'll start.
1: I mean, the whole thing that we did. Some men just want to watch the world burn. That's. Right. That one line describes a Joker perfectly because he's he's all about chaos. There, There is he like Heath Ledger put it perfectly. I don't have a plan. I'm a dog chasing cars. You know, he doesn't really have plans other than to create anarchy, to unlevel the playing field, to create unrest. And yes, he's obsessed with Batman. But the stuff that I mean, and the Joker, just the levels of depravity that he goes to to try and get to Batman, whether it's killing jason todd whether it's shooting barbara gordon in the stomach whether it's executing a bunch of innocent people for no reason other than to draw batman out so he can try and take him out and and the best thing about the joker he does not give a shit about the consequences to himself if he and he's always trying to get batman to break that golden rule of his even at his own expense because if the joker dies by batman's hand he wins and yeah. that's what he's all about and, and and you can't i thought joaquin phoenix's portrayal of joker was done whether he was the joker or not i mean i thought his portrayal was done really well because it's all about just the chaos of of what's going on in that mind of his but yeah the joker does stuff that um that is just chaos for the sake of chaos anarchy and How do you beat somebody like that when they don't give a shit about the consequences to themselves? As long as they get their message and their point across, how do you beat somebody like that? You can't. So, yeah, Joker's been number one for me for as long as I can as long as I can tell. But I I yield to you guys.
2: There's a reason Joker is the penultimate most popular villain in the business. I Mm -hmm. think it's because there's nobody else like him. We've if you think about this, the list that all three of us have created, we all can name a comp for just about everybody. We had a comp for Luther, we had a comp for Brainiac, we had a comp for Dark Side, we got a comp for Dawn, we got a comp for everybody. There's no other Joker. Because everybody else has a point and a purpose and a reason. And they're here because of this, or they're doing this because of that. Like what the reason the only reason Joker killed Jason Tallis was because Jason Tow was in front of him. Literally. And
0: the, and, and the fans voted for him to die, but you know, <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Up, right? Right. <laughs> um, the, the way he's abused, the way he's abused uh, Harley for decades, you know.
4: Right.
2: Um. The the way he has shooting Barbara was grotesque, but what he did to to Gordon afterwards is like even more horrible. You know, like, and just because, just to, because he wants to laugh, because he wants to break somebody because he just feels like doing it. Um, And I think throughout all of that, there's a there's a funny Twitter account uh, that basically like makes fun of superheroes and how stupid this stuff is in like reality, like in totality. One of them was like, uh, Batman can't be the best superhero in the world. When for like 50 years in Gotham, he's had to do it in wingtips and makeup, like kicking his ass. Like, like, think about it. Like there's no okay. powers. He's, he's not a great hand-to-hand fighter. He doesn't really, he's doesn't really end great with guns, but he has beaten or got away from every hero in that world.
0: He pushes everyone to their absolute limits. Yep. Like at the end of the day. And, and and that and that makes him more dangerous than, than just about anybody out there. Yeah, like you said, <laughs>
1: he pushes people to their limits, but he does it he pushes them to the limits mentally and emotionally, never physically, very rarely physically, right. I should say that. Like that when we reviewed Dark Knight uh Returns for the Nerd Review, that two parts. The stuff with the Joker in part two, which was I think Patrick, you said the only part that Connor had a little bit of an issue with. Uh but right. where he At the very end of it all, where he realizes that after everything he's done, older 50 year old Batman is still not going to kill him. He breaks his own neck to make it look like Batman did that so that even in death, he still kind of wins a little bit. That is the level of of just sheer insanity that doesn't exist anywhere else in in comics. And and that's why he's so iconic.
2: Uh, that's, That's after being catatonic for so long.
1: Supposedly, right. catatonic. Yeah,
0: yeah, allegedly.
2: Let, let me tell you, I, and this is a much newer story because you know the Injustice Games created a whole different, a new comic book series, right? But right. the the backstory behind the game and and that comic story is is classic Joker. He sprays this, um, he sprays this um, some type of mist on a pregnant Lois Lane to convince Superman is Doomsday. And Superman brutally kills Lois and his unborn child. There. And Joker did it just to get a laugh. And that's what turns Superman crazy and, and ter- makes him go, go evil. That's Joker in a nutshell.
1: Superman kills Joker. So Joker wins because he turns exactly. Superman into, yeah, you think Homelander's bad. Uh-uh. <laughs> no way. You look at Superman in right. Injustice. That's how bad it can get.
0: Yep. Very true, very true. Well, fellas, that's going to bring this week's edition of The Villain Project to an end. I can see we got Ray Cash sweating a football game. We got Tony sweating a football game. This will all be old news by the time the, the bandwagon nerds drops tomorrow. We didn't do a nerd review this week. That was my fault, by the way, noble listener, as I mistakenly was like, oh, yeah, A Quiet Place is free to stream on Amazon Prime. And it's not anymore. You now have to, like, buy it or rent it. And I don't like to spend money on this. I don't like to make the guys that do the show and do the review. Even though, Dave, I love you, you don't have to buy everything we put on the Nerd Review. Like, I, it's okay. It's cheap,
1: man. It's cheap. Actually, A Quiet Place was on yesterday. <laughs> it was on TV. Wait, no shit. It was. Ah.
0: Oh, of course it was. Uh, did you watch Cabin in the Woods?
1: I've got it, but I ha- I didn't get a chance because of all the Halloween stuff yesterday. But I'm gonna pr- I'm gonna watch it today and probably give you. I know awesome. we're gonna do like a double review or something, aren't we? Or
0: we'll have to, we'll have to figure something out. It may just get spaced out. We'll still do a Quiet Place. That's still gonna be on the docket. Uh, I I think we'll we'll ju- we'll um, we'll stick with Cabin in the Woods because Netflix hasn't shipped me the disc yet. So God knows the postal service is busy this week. We'll see no what. To
1: all those ballots well, we'll, for Platt Balazs, that's what it is.
0: We'll, we'll see what happens there. So let's, um let's run with Cabin in the Woods this week. Ray, if you've got time and you want to write a few paragraphs about Cabin in the Woods and give it a ranking out of five... You get it to me by Wednesday, and it'll get posted as part of the nerd review. Man, it's good times. We have a lot of fun with it. Or Flash
1: Gordon. So, or Flash Gordon Ray. You still can do that.
2: No, nah, he has got to buy oh, Flash Gordon. Oh. And we're not going to make him buy Flash Gordon. I'm going to buy it for you. I'm especially now since I didn't pick Earboard Thon. Thon I'm picking. I'm buy Flash for you, sir.
0: Buy a Flash, man. I, There is a lot being put on this bad movie. <laughs> um. Anyway. <laughs> And I love it. I gave it a five out of five. It is not fine cinema. As always this week, uh, Patrick O'Dowd does have a question. I have a tradition Halloween weekend that we bust out. Some, we, we I'm a movie guy and I have one of the greatest bad movies of all time that I pull out for Halloween. It's a Broadway. Um, it's a filming of a Broadway stage production of The musical Jekyll and Hyde starring David Hasselhoff.
1: Oh, man. It's automatically
0: automatically epic. It is so awful and yet beautiful at the same time. It is the guiltiest of guilty pleasures that I watch during the Halloween season. And I might watch it just because my wife hates it so much that it drives her out of rooms. Like, I might do that. I'm not saying that's exactly what happens, but it's kind of what happens. And then I post it on Facebook that I'm watching it, and I tag my wife in it so that then she feels obligated to comment about it, which then allows me to put videos of David Hasselhoff singing various parts of this musical. Like, there's a literal scene where Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, the personas, are, like, battling each other in song. And so the Hoff has to like sing his Dr. Jekyll. And then he bends over and throws his hair over his face to sing as Mr. Hyde. And then he throws it back and it's hideous and it's stupid. And I love it. And my question to you, you three gentlemen, what are your best bad Halloween movies?
2: Can I pick that? That sounds sounds you
0: have not seen that movie. I will also follow that up by saying that I checked out Hubie Halloween on Netflix this week as well the the adam sandler netflix movie that was a low bar expectation and it easily hurtled the low bar i set for it picture the water boy but halloween that's basically all it is
1: bad halloween movies
3: uh i i'll 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 i'll, I'll talk while these two think about go it ahead, i'll PC. go real quick here. I, I i don't necessarily have any bad halloween movies <clears throat> I do love The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and I did embark on something I didn't quite complete, which was the 15-day run-up to Halloween, where I was watching two Treehouse of Horror episodes a day, and life just got in the way. I I did end up watching most of them, and I know uh, Treehouse of Horror 31 is on tonight. So to conclude your Halloween weekend, I suggest you check that out, Disney plus has them put into their own collection it's excellent every treehouse of horror is phenomenal uh I, I i had a great time going back and watching them so i i don't have a bad one but if you're looking to do something for next year do the run-up on halloween watching treehouse of horror the simpsons never disappoint
0: no beer and no tv make home or something something
1: there you go crazy
0: don't mind if i do
2: go ahead ray I- I don't have, I, I wouldn't call it bad, because I like the classics. Like, I I love Child's Play. I love the classics. <laughs> I
0: love Chucky. Um,
2: yeah, Chucky's Chuck, Chuck fantastic. And um, Goosebumps, I watched that again. It's always a fun, especially with the kid. What I did watch last night with my daughter, as I have the beautifully green nails that she painted for me, um, is the remake of The Witches on HBO Max.
0: I watched that, too. How was yeah. that? It's really good. It's fun. It's, I got it on my list. It's not so. It's it's more true to the book than the Jim Henson Studios version. Way less scary, in my opinion, than the Jim Henson Studios version.
2: It's campy.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a lot more. I would I would describe it as fun.
2: Yeah, like, it's very fun.
0: Like if you go back and watch that Angelica Houston version, that thing is scary. Like that movie's scary, and the puppetry is creepy, and the lighting is done. It is very, very frightening, disturbing even. A-
2: and Hathaway yeah. was good in it, though. And Hath- Hathaway was really good. Um, I tell yeah. you, that Spencer is a gem, as we all know. Yeah, um, Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci, that's my the tooch. Um Yeah, that I, I has to go with that. Um, no, I can't think of anything that would be considered bad. Um, do you consider Beetlejuice bad? No. No. Shut the fuck up. Oh, get, so shit. I'm saying, like, I can't think of that. Like, everything that's, I
0: watch... D- Dave, come on. Now, I know you gotta have something. Uh, well, I mean, as a child Dave of the... Watches, a- Dave, watches Ern- Dave watches Ernest Scared Stupid. That's, no. what,
2: that's no, what you no, did. Hey, the Ernest movies always get a laugh out of me, sir.
1: I'll tell you, there... As a child of the 80s, there was a movie in 1980 that was called The Gates of Hell. I don't know if you guys... <laughs> have, that... <laughs> And they've changed the name to City of the Living Fucking Dead. Well, not the Living Fucking Dead. City of the Living Dead is what it's called now. This is, it's, it was scary in the 80s. Well, you watch it back now and it's just like, this is kind of dumb. You know, it starts off with a f- priest hanging himself and this opens the gates of hell. But like the one scene where, you know what I'm talking about, pa- Patrick, right? He's staring, the priest is staring at the girl. She vomits up everything from inside, including her intestines that come out through her mouth. And it's just like, what the fuck is going on here? It's so bad. It's great. It's that kind of a movie. There you go. That's that's, what
0: I was looking for. That's,
1: that's one that jumps to my (laughs)
0: head. That one's right there. If, if I were going to throw one other one that is a, it's considered a cult classic, but the reanimator movies, yeah. Um, and dead alive, Peter Jackson, dead alive, just do yourself a favor, find it and look it up. So, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Looks like we lost Ray a little early. Uh, Normally I, mean, to- I just turned
2: my camera off. I'm on my phone. Oh, yeah. I had to check some.
0: Uh, yeah. I was like, I'm worried that he's he's sweating. He's sweating a little bit of that Raven Steelers game. That looks like that's going to be a good game, good finish. Tunney is dripping in misery, biting on his nails as well means that there's a lot of exciting stuff going on thank you everyone for listening uh to this week next week when we come back our one-year anniversary show we are going to wrap up the villain project with our top 10 d our marvel villains marvel villains make mine marvel and i'm excited we're i'm gonna see about getting a couple of other special guests on to just uh, talk for a little bit maybe we do like we did before uh cover some mandalorian And do like a little one-year once around. Uh, If there's no other thoughts for the good of the order, then I think that's going to do it for Bandwagon Nerds. Again, big thank you to PC Tony for jumping on the show and talking with us a little bit here and there. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds. Uh, Now get yourself out of the basement. It's too dark because of Daylight Savings Time to get some fucking sun here on the East Coast. (laughs) So dwell in darkness and go check out some good DC villain comics. There's tons of them out there. We love you. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds.
5: you diseased maniac do you really think you could hide it from me by encasing it in lead i'll mold this box into your prison bars don't touch that i told you that's kryptonite superman A little souvenir from the old hometown i've spared no expense to make you feel right at home You were great in your day, Superman, but it just stands to reason, when it came time to cash in your chips, this old, diseased maniac would be your banker. Mind over muscle? <sighs> You know, <sighs> I don't want there to be any hard feelings between us, Harvey. When you and uh, Rachel, Rachel! Rachel were being abducted, I was sitting in Gordon's cage. Now, I, I didn't rig those charges. Your man, your plan. Do I really look like a guy with a plan? You know what I am? I'm a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do with one if I caught it. You know, I just do things the mob has plans the cops have plans Gordon's got plans you know, they're schemers schemers trying to control their little worlds I'm not a schemer I try to show the schemers how pathetic their attempts to control things really are so when I say uh, come here, when I say that you and your girlfriend was nothing personal you know that i'm telling the truth